Hey, now we say hi. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It, it means the okay. same thing. Okay, well, this week, what are we talking about? We're Julia? talking about YA dystopian novels. Ooh, yeah, bitch. you know the ones. Mm-hmm. Though they're famous in the early um, 2010s, and they were just such a fascinating time, such a fascinating phenomenon. No, honestly, because there was like a lot of them. Like there yes. was, and because I, I was doing, well. When I was doing my research, I was, like, remembering some that were kind of, like, one-off, like, dystopian books. Yes. And I was like, that one was kind of lit. And then it's like, I mean, but the series, there was, like, the main three. Uh-huh. The main three. Which we're going to get into two of We're going to get into three. two of them. So, I so, mean, who wants to go first? I think I'll go. Okay. I've got you, some background. You also went first last time, but I think it just fits for you to it go does first fit. sometimes. It does fit for this. Yeah. Definitely for this. Yeah. Okay. Yay, so I'm so excited. I get to sit back. I'm going to sip on my smoothie. So you say every time you're like, I'm going to sit back. <laughs> and you have a new drink every time that you sip on. Yeah, today it's a green smoothie. Um, It has pineapple, banana, um, spinach, almond milk. Yum. Okay, so let's discuss. Um, First of all, I'm just going to talk generally about the craze of YA dystopian novels in the early 2010s. As a culture... Like- why were we so obsessed with YA dystopian novels and Especially movies? Especially for kids. Yes. <laughs> like, Why? That's my overarching question. I love that. Um, so, especially if you were a Gen Z person or a millennial during this time, you were probably in around middle and high school. Or for me, I was like just about to go into middle school. I was around... We were like fifth, I was a grade. tween. Yeah. I was a little tweeny. Anyway, so um, it basically... So here's the a little bit of what it did for the zeitgeist um it sparked a trope of strong female-led series Mm -hmm. set in post-apocalyptic worlds where like young hot people are sorted into categories by so niche oppressive governments you know but they all sort (laughs) of follow (laughs) they all sort of follow that summed up there you go that's it that and that became a trope started by the hunger games which is what i'm going to talk about today um so here's some of the factors that made these series so successful uh, it's a series format, first of all, so it keeps people reading and anticipating the next book. We see that in Harry Potter, Twilight, whatever. Series do really well with, you know, young readers. Um, there, It's simple, easy-to-read prose. Like, if you read The Hunger Games, you can read that shit so fast. So fast. It's a page-turner. It's a real page-turner. But there's lots of, like, plot detail. That's what I found oh, at yes. least when I was doing my research. True. I'm like, there's so much going on. But, like, they make it very fast-paced, yeah. so it's easy Whoa. to follow. <laughs> sorry about that guys um yes and there's there is a lot of world building for sure and yeah i think that also like that escapism is um engaging for kids um and then of course later they were turned into movies with like attractive young lead actors so all of those factors i think are part of the reason why um they're so big um it also revitalized the dystopian genre which was paved long ago by you know 1984 by george orwell Mm -hmm. or fahrenheit 451 by ray bradbury and so it really brought it back in a way that hadn't been done in like you know 50 60 years hadn't been done in that way before like yeah in a new way kids and like making it very like action-packed because those books were not action-packed especially fahrenheit 451 not a boring i mean it's good but it's it's good but i mean it's short i like 1984 more some other reasons for its popularity uh well it was one of the first series with like a strong like feminist like a strong-willed woman as the main character who drives the action and survives in the face of chaos um so uh, and then other dystopian novels followed suit with like young female leads um, so I think that's a reason for its popularity because it was just like it resonated with young girls, girls. and young teenage girls love like they are the fangirls, you know, like yes. they are so passionate about the things that they like, mm-hmm. like bands, books, shows, movies, like they are the ones. So like they take it and blow it. So true. To the, you blow and it out of that's what they did. Yeah, for sure. As they should. Um, also, as dystopian novels tend to do, they reflect the harsh realities and consequences of war, social inequities, and totalitarian rule, which The Hunger Games definitely does. So, you know, it has, like, some societal uh, 
commentary. I found this interesting uh, analysis of an- another analysis of why the Hunger Games and dystopian novels in general resonated so hard with specifically middle and high schoolers um, that I thought was interesting is that it's by Amelia Ferrante. She argued this in a Michigan Daily article called The 2010s and the Dystopian Literature that Defined Them. Basically, these books validated the pubescent emotions and experiences of people in middle and high school. So like encountering problems with authority figures, mm. having crushes for the first times because there's always like romantic subplots. True. Um, choosing which table to sit at during lunch. No, literally or, like your identity. Your like, identity. Am I, do I fit into this group? Do I fit into that yes. group? That's a huge part of Figuring out your identity and your yep. social status and whatever is so is a big part of these of these books and of being in middle and high school That's going through true. puberty. So I pulled this quote. She said, it would be nice if we all knew where we belonged by our early teens, but these books gave our middle school selves the answer we didn't really want to hear. That easy categorization might seem like utopia, but it's actually just a gross oversimplification of human nature. This dystopian literary phenomenon, though perhaps unoriginal and overly romanticized, validated the larger existential and emotional frustrations our generation experienced at the peak, at the time of their peak popularity damn yeah that's just to prep all of them not even just hunger games too um and set them in their cultural zeitgeist 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 i don't know if i'm using that word right yeah you are okay yeah sure i believe you i say yes okay (laughs) everyone's like no actually you guys are both (laughs) stupid Uh, (laughs) it's possible okay so let's get into a cast of characters for the hunger games we've got katniss everdeen our main girl she's pretty emotionless and sad slays at archery and she revolutionized the side braid and then we have primrose everdeen katniss's little sis has a striking resemblance to <laughs> eminem if you ask me in the movie <laughs> that got me fucked up you were like she looks a little like a little like i thought you were gonna say like some other chick and you were like eminem and i was like no fucking way i look at her i'm like looking wait you're right yes it was something about her sad <laughs> facial expression it's so funny it's like we're watching eight mile again <laughs> Okay, then we got Gail, Katniss's hunting bro, maybe more than friends. There's a little bit of a sparky spark there. <laughs> we got Peter Malark. He's the baker's son in District 12, and he's also the, you know, the other tribute that gets chosen from District 12. I'm going to get into all the plot, okay? These are just the basic characters. Also, if you don't know the plot, yeah, come on, where guys. were you? Where were you? But you shouldn't we're know not the here Hunger to Games judge plot. because please keep listening. <laughs> yeah, please don't turn away now. <laughs> Okay, we're just getting started. We got Haymitch. He's the last person from District 12 to win the Hunger Games, so he's a mentor to Katniss and Peeta. And then we got President Snow, who is basically the cold-hearted dictator of Panem. Okay? So those are the characters. And I'm going to talk about the Panem? actors. Panem? Panem. 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 I, like, came on really strong. Panem. Um, wait. Pan- Panem. Panem? I-, I think so. It comes from Latin. I didn't write this down. It sounds Star Wars related. Okay, let's break down the first book. And I'm going to get into some pretty deep detail here. So, because I need you guys to understand the lore. Okay? (laughs) The lore is thick and heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So. I'm serious now. This is definitely, in my opinion, the most popular YA dystopian novel. And it started the whole craze. I mean, hands down. Hands down. Written by Susan Collins, came out in 2008. It follows Katniss, who 16-year-old Katniss, who lives in the post-apocalyptic version of North America, because it's like U.S. and Canada, called Panem. And it was established after, this new nation was established after a series of ecological disasters and global conflicts uh, brought about the destruction of modern civilization. That's the like the eco- basically. ecological, all of that. I think there's a, a big like climate thing too. And yeah. that's a, kind of a, <gasps> a commentary because that was a huge thing at Maze Runner. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about science, but yeah. <laughs> there seemed, there was some deterioration of the environment. So, you know. It, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, to lead to something like this, you have to have some, you know, disaster. Facts. Um, so, Panem's central government is based in the capital, which is modeled off ancient Rome, and it rules with an autocratic dictatorship and police state. So, the 1%, the most wealthy and powerful people, live in the capital. And they're just living it up up there, like, basically wearing drag makeup. No, I... I the, it is literal drag. Like, in the movie, I'm like... <gasps> 
what's her name effie effie yeah that is drag like what and there was like several other several other people remember i was like is that that's literally rupaul right (laughs) (laughs) someone like a big ass blonde wig i was like you're telling me that that's not rupaul and julia was like you need to calm down but it literally is i I mean you're right the rest of the nation is arranged into 13 districts which are each expected to provide uh a different material or resource so like there's like lumber there's like textiles etc to the capital in exchange for protection from the capital's police force the peacekeepers who basically look like stormtroopers they're all dressed in white stars hmm interesting (laughs) um so obviously this regime is unequal and classist and oppressive so it led to the outbreak of a civil war known as the first rebellion led by district 13 okay okay the capital quashed the rebellion with the apparent destruction of district 13 here's where it gets kind of weird and complicated it's i was always, even there confused. always is some confusion yeah i, I got w- a little confused in mind too i'm not gonna lie i yeah. didn't reread these books so i'm not you know same i don't know all the details yeah this was confusing i was like what the fuck anyway <laughs> the capital quashed the rebellion by destroying the center of it district 12 district 13 sorry however unbeknownst to the rest of the districts district 13 had actually survived by making a peace agreement with the capital after they managed to secure a significant portion of the capital's nuclear weapons stockpile so basically the capital was threatened by district 13 it was like okay we'll let you have your independence and we won't they sign like a non-aggression pact but you have to pretend like you were destroyed okay like wait so they're just living doesn't that come back in the books yes yeah okay so they're just like they're just like an underground and every every other district thinks that they were destroyed (laughs) basically yes (laughs) (laughs) so they that's why that's how the rebellion stopped is like they said it was destroyed but really they're still there they just living it up they're living it up secretly Um, so anyway, that sucks for the rest of the districts because as a punishment for the insurrection, the capital cracked down on the rest of them, banning communication and travel between each district, um, instituting public executions, mass surveillance, and severe restrictions on civil rights. But the worst form of punishment was the instatement of the annual Hunger Games. Bum, bum, bum. Side note. I don't fucking understand. That's fucked up of what is it district 13 isn't it you have fucking nuclear weapons and nuke their shit I like know. get rid of the capital mm-hmm. and have your harmony with everyone exactly. all the other districts i know they kind You're of really abandoned. not gonna fight for them well they do eventually okay spoiler well, spoiler bit, it's uh, eventually on. but not in the first book because they gotta establish like you know build up the tension i mean it makes sense for the plot but like right. i know realistically speaking, come like, on dude what the fuck district that's 13? messed up i know also this sounds like so like political like this is so it is political. it is very political it's like too real man i know i was like damn whoa anyway <laughs> damn, uh, whoa. <laughs> so yes the worst form of punishment is the hunger games it's an annual televised event wherein one boy and one girl between the ages of 12 to 18 are chosen lottery style from each of the 12 districts to fight to the death in a bloody reality show battle royale. Um, which I'm like, I talked to you about this, but 12 to 18. Yeah, what? <laughs> I know they do that because it's marketed to people in that age range. But 12? realistically, if you were going to have people fighting to the death, get them in their 20s. Yeah, that is like your prime That is your age, prime yeah. age. Uh, 12 to 18, like, well, I, I physically, find... mentally, like, that is your prime. Me as a 12-year-old? What? No. Fighting to do My the brother's death? 12? He doesn't even know. He, he, he lost our fucking Frisbee. <laughs> he can't even do that. Like, dude, how do you expect him to, like, kill someone? He can't even, like, aim a Frisbee, right? It's unrealistically young. It's like, what? Dude, That's what? just cruel. It should be, like... Even if they were doing, like, teenager age, it'd be, like, 15 to 18. At least 15, yeah. And even then, like, oh, I could sim- I'd simply die. Simply yeah. die immediately. Same. Anyway, so the capital is, if you couldn't already tell, really sadistic and horrible and cruel. And they also add elements into the game, like, they'll, like, engineer some, like, bloodthirsty hounds or fireballs to speed up the killing process and create drama. Um, because it is a televised event. It's it's, it's reality, reality TV, TV, baby. So they got to add things. They can't just have people dying naturally of like, I don't know, starvation. They got to be like fireballs. No, because or, or else like people like Katniss would just stay up in the tree forever. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. 
So basically, this is Survivor on crap. No, literally, <laughs> it's such a, it's like literal reality TV. Like, it's kind of freaky. Yeah. Like, thinking about it in that context, I'm like, hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at the time of the 74th annual Hunger Games, Katniss leads a pretty bleak existence in District 12, which is known for coal mining, and it's one of the poorer, kind of shittier districts. Um, ever since her father died, she hunts for food with her signature bow and arrow to feed her feeble mother and little sister Prim. Feeble mother? <laughs> Why is she feeble? You know she how she is. is. She just simply when is. They, when they catch her in that distorted mirror. <laughs> She's feeble. <laughs> they got them fucked up with they that. They got them feeble looking. But they got them busted looking. I mean, everybody in District 12 looks feeble, you know. Yeah, That's like the they point. probably are. They're yeah. all dying. They're all sad and depressed. Yeah. Until on the day of the reaping, which is the choosing children to die day, basically, Prim's name is called to fight at the games. <clears throat> Katniss, who has mad archery skills, famously volunteers as tribute and takes her sister's place in the games. Recreative for us. Okay. Um, <laughs> I volunteer. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Um, all the tributes are then taken to the capital to be shown off to the nation, um, and then they undergo training before the games. And they go on Stanley Tucci's talk show. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the movie, literally. He would be a great talk show. He would. Like, he give slays. Stanley Tucci his own talk show. Come on. I mean, he did like a cooking show where he traveled through Italy. And, like, reviewed the food because he's Italian. Oh, my God. It was oh so good. God, Stanley. <laughs> I love, love him. him. Um, anyway, so each are marketed in different ways to gain popularity and sponsors. It's literally reality TV how each person is assigned a different sort of characteristic. It's so weird. Um, you know, you have, like, PETA's the lover boy. Katniss is, like, the one who took her sister's place. So she's yeah, kind of, like, brave. Selfless one. Selfless one. And then you have, like, Kato, who's, like, the testosterone-fueled <laughs> crazy killer. Um, they all have their things. It's it's reality television, baby. So sponsors are wealthy people who want to help the tributes stay alive by sending medicine, food, whatever, to the tributes when they need it. So it's important for the tributes to be likable or at least rootable, you know, so people can root for them so mm-hmm. that they can get sponsors and then have a better chance of winning. It's just like people on, like, a sh- I mean, it's literally reality TV, though, because if you mm-hmm. have, like... I think there's an influence of, like, you know, people on the internet talking about whoever, whoever during, like, watching something. Like, there's, like, a rallying behind the people that you're watching. Yes. And you get, like, a connection with them. It's, like, so weird. I know. It's it's honestly really clever yeah. if you think about it. As I said, yeah, Katniss becomes, you know, she she learns to sort of, like, play off of the, play up the whole, like, heart-wrenching story of, taking her sister's place but that also means that it puts a target on her back from other like bloodthirstier tributes who want to win because now she's popular you know yeah and so she has a target on her back so she has <laughs> to use her skills and her wits to survive when she finds out that Peta has a crush on her she plays into it so that the audience will root for their romance and literally how, reality tv that's literally how it was in the book too like he legitimately had a crush on her and yep. she was just playing it up she was just playing it up yep that's fucked well up. i think he he legitimately did but then he also was like i said it I so need, that i, I can need, play it up yeah, yeah so that he needs to that was like the his only image. reason he revealed it was for the image right yeah okay but then he was like sincere and she was like and she was Ooh. not and you can tell you can tell no and chemistry they have no chemistry, no chemistry. Yeah. it's really it's hard really, to watch yeah no literally i'm like please <laughs> like the this. cave scenes i'm like when he like weirdly touches, touches her, her hair, hair. <laughs> it's really really awkward. It's so bad actually. Um, and then she sort of develops like a weird love triangle thing with Peta and Gail because Gail is her buddy and they got real chemistry. So Gail with the anyway. old lady ass name. <laughs> My old neighbor's Gail. name, Gail. <laughs> so anyway, the romance is so successful and popular among the crazy um, rock elite. elite watchers that uh, the capital changes the rules and says there has been a revision. If two tributes from the same district survive, they both win. And if you win, you know, you get rich, rich, and you get to mentor future tributes. And you basically just, like, get put on this pedestal by the capital. So this is the first time they've changed the rules and said you can have two people, if they're from the same district, win. Um, so she and Peter obviously bound together, and they become the final two standing. 
But then the capital says, psych. Psych, bitches. Actually, there can only be one winner. We Actually. Were just, we were just entertaining you, babes. You're watching too much <laughs> sex education, babes. <laughs> <laughs> so then Peter insists that Katniss kill him, but instead, so she can be the winner, but instead she cheats the system, sticks it to the man by threatening to commit suicide both of them to commit Double suicide. suicide they're both gonna like eat poison berries so that the capital has no winner and we said that that would be the best way to go out is the berries because like delicious little snack and like that girl was just like peacefully <laughs> the, laying there yeah berries smeared on her lips like she looked like she was grubbing and then just like took a little nap <laughs> yeah the one girl who died from the berries seemed like that that was the best yeah. way to the die the girl that died from the 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 hatcher oh, snatcher my, what are they called the tracker jackers <laughs> The hatcher, sta- the hatchling <laughs> slasher, <laughs> the bees. They have like these crazy wasps, the wasps yeah. that kill this one that girl. That looks like the worst. <gasps> that was like, the worst. Or getting mauled by those crazy hounds. Oh that God, is. Yeah. That guy did not deserve that. No, I love that. I don't even know his name, but the District guy from District 11? Eleven. Yeah, Ugh. really sad. Anyway, so then the capital says stop, and allows them both to win, but they won't forget this. All for pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. Dot 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 dot. Mm. So let's talk more about the background behind this book. That's basically the, the summary, okay? That's it. That's it, folks. That's you remember it. it. You, know, you know, you know. Well, I hope you learned a little bit about the lore, because I did. I yeah, didn't even know I, that shit. Because I was watching it last night, too, and I was like, Julia, why is this, what? Literally, I forgot, like, what's going on. And yeah, it's honestly a lot of It's all cleared up in my brain. Good. Thanks. Goody, good, good. Me, too. So Susan Collins drew upon, this is, I think, really interesting. Here's her influences. Yeah. She drew upon Greek mythology, specifically the myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. Same with... No way. Oh, that makes sense, because the maze. Yeah, Yeah, this is like she drew upon, like, how seven people from Athens were, like, forced to... Seven, like, teenagers were, like, forced to go into the maze and get killed by the Minotaur. And Theseus is the one who's like, I will kill the Minotaur. So it's basically, like... Katniss is based off Theseus. That's definitely and the games are based uh, off an of inspiration that. in Maze Runner too. I don't like getting that into makes inspiration sense. stuff, but I read that it's a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of these are from Greek mythology like stories, which is so cool because I love Greek. Which mythology. is a lot of pop culture though, like <gasps> so much. So much pop culture is Greek mythology and Shakespeare because those are like the origins of Western literature. It's especially Greek mythology. Me. Yeah, especially yeah. Greek mythology. Dude, I would do, I could literally go on and on about Greek mythology. I love that shit. I know you do. Um also it's based off of Roman gladiatorial games. Um as I mentioned earlier, the capital is modeled off of ancient Rome and it is like a gladiator game like Yeah. you know, fight to the death in a ring and everybody's like, "Woo, yeah, yeah." Also of of course, it's based off of reality television. So that's where she got her thematic inspiration. Um, she also initially got the idea for the series when she was watching news coverage of the Afghanistan and Iraq war. Mm. And she noticed that it started to feel like reality TV, the way they were covering no, it, the way people literally. were talking about it, which is really true. Oh. Also, apparently her father was in the Air Force. Mm. So that's how she was informed of, you know, sort of like the consequences of war. On, yeah. yeah, for sure. So those are the inspos. Damn interesting the book received not only critical acclaim as i mentioned earlier but it blew up among young readers as of 2020 it's sold over 100 million copies and it's been translated into 54 languages damn and then of course a movie was made in 2012 starring jennifer lawrence as katniss which launched her career and her image as this like quirky girly who just felt a lot more down to earth than the average celebrity um, Short King Josh Hutcherson as yes! Peta, um, Liam Hemsworth as Gale, and then they also joined season ac- seasoned acting veterans like Donald Sutherland. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. Um, from uh, <laughs> he's President Snow, and then Woody Harrelson is the drunk mentor Haymitch, and Slay, boy, love, and also hot as Lenny Kravitz. Oh my God, yeah, I can't forget about <laughs> Lenny Kravitz's little with his cameo, gold eyeliner. Yes, I want to get away. I, I wanna, wanna fly. fly. <laughs> Um, the movie, which is a very faithful book-to-movie adaptation, by the way, another reason for its, for its success, I would say, because Susan Collins had an active role in adapting it, was also a mega hit. It made $694.4 million at the box office. Damn. Um, 
Okay, now let's get on to the other two books in the series. Um, I'm not going to get as in-depth with these because, you know, I'm, well, that would be way too long. So the second book in the series, Catching Fire, came out in 2009. It follows Katniss and Peeta as they return home to District 12 and face the repercussions of the last Hunger Games. But they also become, like, heroes, of course. Basically, she ends up having to fight in another Hunger Games of past winners. Oh my um, god, it's like, literally... <laughs> RuPaul Drag Race All-Stars? Stop. <laughs> Shut your trap. <laughs> I, I need an outlet. No oh. one, like, watches it. I'm like, please, let me talk about it. So basically, yeah, she has to fight another Hunger Games, another way of the capital for punishing her, basically, because the capital, the capital's upset with her, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the movie for Catching Fire came out in 2013. And then we have the third and final book, Mockingjay, came out in 2010. And it follows the group after, um, so after the 75th Hunger Games, the second rebellion breaks out. And um, District 12 gets destroyed by the capital. And then that's when they just, they figure out that District 13 is still there. And so Katniss and Peeta and all those fellas make their way over to District 13, which is the site of an underground rebellion. So District 13 ends Amazing. up helping them at the end. But after District 12 was destroyed, which is kind of fucked up. So like, District 12 Where were destroyed. you guys when we were getting destroyed? <laughs> so Katniss becomes the face of the rebellion known as the Mockingjay, and they eventually take down President Snow's regime. So it's a victory. <laughs> it's a victory in the end of the day. Um, and the movie came out in 2014 and 2015, respectively, because it was a two-parter. It was. Which I don't even think that I saw the second part. I didn't see either of them. Actually. I remember the first part being underwhelming and bad. So, of course, and I think this is the case for all of these books. Mm -hmm. The first one, the first book, and the first movie are the most memorable, the best, the most iconic. Slays. It, it progressively gets worse each time. Yeah. Um, in total, though, the Hunger Games trilogy is the 20 first highest grossing film franchise of all time that's crazy i know what's the first like the godfather hmm probably yeah. i don't even know <laughs> you guys can look that up <laughs> that's on your own time <laughs> uh having made over 2.97 2.9 yeah 2.97 <laughs> billion dollars worldwide damn here's the real question we're we're wondering Peta and katniss what's the gist what's your thoughts that's what i really want to know is the tea on do they get together like are they dating what happens to gail i want i want the romance in the epilogue katniss and Peta are married and they have two kids that's uh, lame as fuck i know so okay. and i looked and it says i looked up why did katniss choose Peta over gail because they did have a love a love triangle because she was like conflicted between the two and it says Peta represents comfort to katniss Katniss is a warrior at the end of these movies. She's a veteran. She doesn't want excitement. She doesn't want another warrior hunter like Gale, which I'm like, Gale is just like hunting geese. Like, <laughs> he's not really like a warrior hunter. He's hunting geese. Please. PETA represents the life that Katniss has sought through all of these movies. It's just peace and a safe family. Okay. Honestly, yes. Makes sense. My psychoanalysis is that gail reminds her of her life before she went through everything while Peta went through it with her oh so gosh. she's very it's like a trauma connection like oh, they went through all that sure. trauma together so they're bonded in a way where she can't be bonded with gail anymore like she's <gasps> just so far true away. it's like a reminder of her past life mm -hmm. and she just like is so bonded with Peta through everything through they went that through. but yeah. i don't even believe she loves Peta uh, to be honest like, i mean based on the movie the chemistry was bad bad bad, bad. and she faked it she faked most it. of the time so. maybe it developed later on but uh it didn't seem like she loved him it seemed like she was more into gail yeah, we, <sighs> yeah. anyway weird okay the book series I'm doing is The Maze Runner. I was going to do Divergent, but I feel like it's very similar to Hunger Games. It is. And that Maze Runner kind of gave, like, that's kind of why it was popular, too, is that it gave a different perspective, and it kind of got both boys and girls. Because, you know, it's like girl and boy, but, like, when there's a male and a female protagonist in the book, I feel like you get more of both genders reading it. Yeah. So I people kind of liked, like, that it was a little bit different than, like, some of the Hunger Games or, like, Divergent, some of those that were coming out. And that it kind of gave, like, a little bit of a different perspective and stuff like that. So yeah. that's why I went with it. And I, I think it was, like, my favorite out of them. Really? When I was younger. I mean, maybe Divergent, but Emma really liked Maze Runner, and we, like, got into it. Like, she got me into it, and then we 
were like bonded over that but i never read or watched it i totally missed out on that one i was so into hunger games and divergent divergent was the shit though honestly oh my god like i if we watched it it'd be so great i just know it's like i think it's one of the worst (laughs) ones like it's i think it's i think it made the least amount of money yeah i think it's the cheesiest um but that also makes it great good i would read the book again for sure yeah anyways the maze runner is a three-part YA dystopian science fiction book series by james dashner it was a number one new york times bestseller i didn't see how much it actually like sold book wise but definitely nothing that compares to hunger games um the first book the maze runner was released in 2009 second the scorch trials in 2010 and the third the death gear in 2011 so pretty close to hunger games wait that was before hunger games 2009 i know the movie was 2010 Yours was 2008, right? The book? The book's 2008. 2008. The movie's 2012. Okay, so yeah. that, that's like really the same time, though. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, so the inspirations for the book, like I said, some Greek mythology, but James Dashner also said that some books that he read when he was a kid, two and specifically Lord of the Flies by William oh, Golding interesting. and Ender Game by Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. So those are two kind of like classic classic reads that he was inspired and you can definitely see lord of the flies like especially within yeah. the characters and their dynamics you're like this is lord of the flies for real lord of the flies is crazy lord of the flies slays all right anyways and then the third wait did i say yeah the third book the death cure came out in 2011 um so they were like boom 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 he was whipping them out mm-hmm. and then there's also two other prequels the kill order and the fever code but i'm not getting into that mess <laughs> so let's begin the yes. premise is that First book begins with the character of Thomas. He wakes up in a metal elevator lift type thing and enters the Glade, which is a confined community of boys living there surrounded by a maze with impermissible walls, except they like open at one specific part of the day and there's like terrifying creatures that live inside. So he Hmm. enters into the Glade. He has no memory except what his name is and he encounters like all these other boys that are just there living and have this like whole society pretty much. Sounds like a weird frat house. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting you to say, but yeah, sure. <laughs> so let's get into the cast of characters. So Thomas, obviously, he's the newbie. Um, yeah, within the Glade, that's what they call their little community, um, surrounded by the maze. They each have, like, roles that they do. So it really rem- you know, in, um, <laughs> you know in the Tinkerbell movies, like, they're, like, fa- the Tinker Fairy, Water yes, Fairy. Yes. It reminds me of that. Like, they come in, like, just a kid, and then they're, like, they put them, they, like, try out they like shadow people basically to figure out like what Hmm. job they should have okay so thomas later becomes a runner but there's like a a whole bunch of other characters that like are in charge of different roles so minho is the keeper of the runners what does a runner do runner goes into the maze and like basically tries to figure out how to get out so they're just stuck in there and they have no idea why yeah they have no idea except i'll explain there's there is some context that they do get through people that like I'll, I'll explain. Okay. But anyways, Newt, um, this was Emma and I's favorite. He was a little cutie. He's played by that one kid. The eyebrow kid? No. Okay. The, the other kid. The I think he's British or like Irish or something. Oh. He's the second in command to Albie, who is one of the first ten gladers to ever get there. Um, and then we have Galley, who is uh, the keeper of the builders. Um, he's the eyebrow kid okay he's kind of like the antagonist he's just kind of like he comes back later on i don't like really get into that but he's like kind of working with like the enemies that we like find out at the end are like the actual head of everything um then we have fry pan obviously he's the cook he's the keeper of the cooks so that's uh, fry pan yeah that's just what he does (laughs) and then we have chuck who is a slopper and a slopper is someone who basically isn't good at any of the jobs so they're just like they just help around but he's such he's piggy he's basically piggy from lord of the flies so let's get into the first book. Um, yeah, so the book one, The Maze Runner. Thomas enters the glade, and then a few days after that, you know, he's figuring out what the fuck is going on here. He's figuring out his life here. It's crazy. Um, but then, the, like, a couple days later, which usually doesn't happen, it's usually, like, pretty spaced out when people enter in, um, the elevator delivers another person, but this time it's a girl, the only girl ever <gasps> to come to the glade. And... Um, attached with her is a note note saying that she'll be the last kid ever to be delivered. Wow, weird. Yeah. And put it in perspective, I think these kids are like, it's kind of like Hunger Games where I think they're like 12 to 15, 16. Crazy. 12 to 18, I'll say. There's no parents there. It's just a bunch of fucking teens. Just t- kids. Wow. Yeah. 
weird with these giant i'll get into it cool that they it, like set up their own system of labor though yeah they like set it's like lord of the flies like yeah. they set up their whole thing and That's pretty it's lit. just based on like people that got that have been there while have more knowledge of the space yeah they and at this point in the like when thomas comes and Teresa, that's the girl that comes when they enter in there's like these the runners have like full maps of like the maze of what they think it is and like they're they have shit set up like it is wow good da- for like them down pack yeah so they come off like adults really yeah um so through the book we kind of learn more about the maze like through thomas's perspective um, and what is inside the maze, which are called glader, or no, the glader's called grievers, so many G's, um, <laughs> but there's some kind of creature that's a mix between, like, metal and, like, flesh. Ugh, I hate that word. But that's the only way to describe it. They're, like, it's, like, an animal, like, Ooh, body, but also, like, flesh. metal, and they kind of look like, like, scorpion types. They have, like, these, like, stingers on them. Scary. Yeah, it's pretty whack. Um, but... If you're stung with one of their stingers, it causes paralyzing pain um, to the person that's hit. And once stung, like, you eventually, you pretty much eventually die. It's, like, hard for them to cure. But they do have a serum in the glade called the grief serum that, like, helps prolong, like, their life. Hmm. However, if it's taken, um, the boys through go through what they call the changing which is when they regain some of their memories from when they, before they entered the glade. But oh. they, like, kind of are, like... They're, they can be really aggressive. Like, once they're stung and, like, take the serum, they're really aggressive. They, are, like, have, like, basically, like, outbursts or, like, they have, like, I think it's kind of, like, um, I don't know. It's, like, almost like they're, like, possessed by this, like, their past, like, pain and, like, trauma. Because, like, all these mm. memories that come up are very traumatic. So, they're, like, they're, like, struggling pretty much. But is it, like, sort of, do they want to know about their past lives? Like, well, that's the thing is you can decide to take it if you're already, like, you got stung you're gonna like die you can choose to take the grief serum which is the only time that they're gonna that they the society allows hmm. like the boys have decided that's the only time that that's allowed to give out okay interesting because yeah i guess it was just there when they entered the glade hmm. and they figured out what it did um, so basically well it, during the first book this girl comes in thomas is trying to find his place he still doesn't really know is like this whole it's just a crazy time for them in this in the glade if so, i was a girl and i rolled up and i mean, i am a girl I'd be sickened. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. If I'm, if I rolled up and I'm just in this weird maze with a bunch of boys, I'd be like, what the fuck? Are you like, serious? This is the life, really? I was like, I this get. is my life? This but basically, the plot twist to that is that Teresa's, like, basically in a coma when she get like, she, like, is awake <gasps> for a little bit and she falls into a coma. So they're trying to deal with that. Shit. And while she's in the coma, she's murmuring Thomas's name. <gasps> So he's like, Ooh. I don't fucking know this girl. Like, I don't know. So they're kind of have both of them on watch. Like, something's up with them. How strange. I know. Wow. So then one day, Minho and Albie are, like, going into the maze for their, like, daily thing or whatever. And Albie gets stung while they're in there. And the, it's getting close to this part of the day where the, the walls are closing in the maze. And the glade is, like, locked in safe. But they're still in the maze. And... Um, Minho knocks Albie out because once you're stung, you get really aggressive, and he's basically mm. like, trying to attack him. So he knocks him out and carries him out through the glade. Damn, out to the glade while this, the grievers and stuff are still in the maze. And he's trying to get out. Yeah. So he's going through it, man. But right as they're entering the like opening, the maze doors are closing in, and <gasps> they can't get out. Like, so the maze only opens for like a a certain amount of days, like time. hours in the in in a okay. day. Okay. Yeah. There's like a set. I don't know, from 10 to 8, or I don't know, whatever it is, but they don't really have concept of time, but it's only, like, certain daylight hours that it's open. Weird. And if you're stuck in there at night, you're basically fucked. Like, yeah. no way you can survive the Damn. creatures at night. Except the walls are closing in, and he has him on his back, and he can't fit in through this tiny space. But they're all, like, watching on the other side, like, all the rest of the boys are watching, like, come on, like, what are you doing? And then Thomas just goes and runs in through this time. It's, like, such an iconic part of the movie. The, like, walls are closing in. Yeah. And he just zips in. And they're like, what the fuck? So they're now all three in there. Ooh. But he's, like, the one kid is knocked out. Right. So they basically spend the whole night in the maze. They, like, go ham and kill, like, four of these griever creatures. And yeah. they survive through the night until the walls open back up again. So, okay. like, the whole, like, group of boys, they're, like, trying to decide, like, that was low-key... Like, he shouldn't have done that because, like, he that's not his job. Like, he was out of place, but he did, like, save the two other kids pretty right. much by going in there. So they have a debate over, like, what to do with Thomas and, like, yeah. you know. But in the end of the day, they make him a runner, and that's his, like, new job. 
So. And the runner's job is to just get out of the maze. It's just go in the maze Search. during the, the times it's open to search it Figure out. Figure it out. Okay. Um, yeah, it's basically for the ones that are the fastest because they're runners and the ones that can defend themselves the best against the grievers. Okay. So the toughest. So the we're tough. like, you earned your place, Thomas. So what then, a selfless, What a selfless man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What a great guy. They're always these selfless. They're always so selfless. I, I think about if I was brave. in those situations, would I do oh, the same? Oh, no. no <laughs> Certainly not. not. Certainly not. I don't have the, the, the like guts to do it. I don't have I the guts. I think I have the selflessness, but I, not the guts. I'm not selfless. No, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, okay, but anyways, so Albie, the one that got knocked out, and he was stung and knocked out, mm-hmm. he's still kind of going through it. I think they give him the serum, um, but while he's kind of like, you know going through that and like figuring out how long he's gonna like survive or if he's gonna survive or whatever mm-hmm. um he has to speak with thomas and he tells him from his visions that he got that he knows about him and the girl and he talks about this thing called the flare and thomas like does not know what he's talking about like he's like delusional but yeah. he knows that he's talking about his past memories so it's like credible information right um so they just like everyone has like really close eyes on thomas and Teresa because they're like these fuckers are weird you know they got yeah. something going on yeah um so Teresa wakes up from her coma and telepathically uh that's a thing <laughs> telepathically tells thomas that she has memories from before she came here and she says that they she knows why they started this all and that they were both sent there to end it wow okay yeah so they're like the chosen ones like they were sent there to end this but they also, like, are very mixed in with kind of, like, how it started or why this was happening, And too. so they can just communicate telepathically yeah, because I, they just can? I didn't really get into that. <laughs> I don't know. See, that's why it's, like, yeah. there's all these details. I'm, like, what? I don't know. I don't even think it was, like, explained in the book. It's just, like, like convenient for the plot. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Take it up with James Dashner. Send him an email. I don't know. James, what the fuck? Did you explain this? <laughs> um... But, yeah, so she, yeah, basically tells him that they were sent there to, like, trigger the ending of the maze and everything. Slay. Um, so the boys wake up the next day to find that the maze doors are wide open, and they didn't close at all. Like, they're, they, they didn't close at the normal time. Like, mm. usually in the morning hours, they're, like, closed, and they open at a certain time. They're yeah. just wide open, and they stay wide open through the night. And it's fishy, fishy. Yeah, so they kind of figure out that each, like, each night a griever comes in and kills one of the boys oh shit like taking them out one by one basically oh. kind of like urging them to like okay we need to like figure this maze out now or because these walls aren't going to close so we're all going to die yeah if we don't figure the this grievers out. are just going to get you yeah so they work fast they look at the maps to try to like figure out what do these mean what do we know about the maze mm-hmm. and i don't get this but there's they have images they have like maps of all the all the parts of the maze and Teresa like stacks them up or like puts them together in like a puzzle form and sees that it spells out different words Hmm. and the words are float catch bleed death stiff push i don't know why okay code words (laughs) and i also i can't like visualize how those words what you have like 20 maps and and you stack them up or you what yeah what and just make those i don't get like maybe on the side you know like when you stack book pages that have coloring on certain parts yeah yeah. like maybe it's like that i did i can't visualize that so it's like a survivor puzzle so they they find that but then they're like what the fuck do we do with that like okay good so wanting (laughs) to like know more about his past memories um for answers thomas intentionally gets stung by a griever and in his visions during the changing he takes the grief serum and he has visions um from like the past he sees that the way out of the maze is to go through this opening where the grievers come in and out from so mm. they like i think they've like seen it before too like when they went in the maze they like saw these grievers like going into this like hole like this mass where okay. they were coming in and out from so that's Ew. their like port into wherever right. to get out of the maze okay so he sees that that's like the way to get out like duh okay if you you know you see that and you're like okay well that's yeah, the like way out so big hole yeah so once and he also sees that once you get through there's like a computer system or something and that he needs to type in those words hmm. those code words oh, to okay. like get to wherever to get safe Makes supposedly yeah. yeah so that's just what they do they trust that and the gladers go into the maze um to supposedly like end it they go through the little hole they what go through this like shuttle type thingy into like a giant laboratory type area they type mm. in the words they hit push instead of typing in push you had to hit push uh-huh. the whole thing. so they hit push 
and it ends the maze supposedly and then all these like scientists like come into the room <gasps> it's all a simulation no pretty much it's all it's like the hunger games it's like all a simulation they're putting them through these trials that's so crazy so this lady like comes out she's the head scientist um there's a whole bunch of shit that happens at the end like i'm not gonna get into it too much i just want like the basic like premise of it but like some characters die shit is going down he's like scientist start like shooting at them and like all this stuff with these kids and then these people come in as like a rescue team and they rescue the kids they're like come with us we'll take you to like a place to be safe because obviously these scientists they're the ones that put these kids like into the maze and put them through all these like trials they think they're, like, so they don't they didn't want them to figure it out yeah so they like didn't or they wanted to like keep them there i don't know something right. um so these like rescuers they explain to them that the world has been burned up by solar flares which has caused a disease that they called the flare which is what he was talking about covid vibes no literally it's weird because i'll get into it but they're like zombie like people once they have the flare it's crazy um but supposedly there's a cure for the flare in the andes why i don't know in the andes but um (laughs) and the scientist team which they're called wicked like all caps i think it's like an abbreviation for something um those were all the scientists and they were testing orphaned kids by putting them in the glade to test if they (gasps) had the abilities it takes to send them out to recover the cure oh yeah that's so so they're like up. choosing the you know the most vulnerable group because they're like we're the scientists so we need to choose the kids that aren't as valuable to us uh, in our like studies so let's just take a bunch of orphan kids because they have no one we're gonna right. throw them in this maze see who figures it out and can get out and we'll send that kid to go get the cure because they're like if that group is intelligent enough and skilled enough to get out of the maze and they can most definitely go up and get the cure for us because it's the cure like really hard to get yeah it's like hard to get and it's really dangerous because the state of the world that they're in is that they all the people that are infected with the flare they called cranks and mm. they're like zombie like and like they get okay. more into it in the second book so that's basically where the fir- first book like ends that seems um, like a really roundabout way to test people's abilities yeah <laughs> i know and and they so they also the last part that they reveal in the book is that um the like team that rescued them was all still part of like the wicked group the like scientist group and they just like it was all just like a ploy so those <gasps> they're not really safe and there's also a second group of kids that were all girls and okay. one boy entered in so they was actually two like two case studies that they were they're like two experiments that they were holding and okay. that they would like meet those people those kids soon and that they would be like sent out to get the cure so why was the girl sent the girl was sent in and the boy was sent into the all girls one because that was I think purposeful. just to stir it up and to, yeah. like, that was the, the triggering of the end. Right, because like, then that's how they know, like, we were meant to, to destroy to the destroy maze this. together. Yeah, and apparently the telepathic thing, that's something with it, but it's not adding up. Like, they were... Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I guess there's just, like, more something to it that scientists... I, like, just cannot get into within the span of time. You know right. what I mean? I'm just, like, there's so much with that. But, yeah, they were, like, sent in to basically be, like, this is the end and, like, yeah. tr- trigger everything to, like finish up that's kind of a lot of detail for what i was doing this like holy yeah that's like more than the hunger games it is like it was a lot and so the second and third books there's like a lot of time spent dealing with the cranks which are like the zombie like people um and basically them just like getting away from the scientist team wicked or whatever um so they like get away from that group of like the people that like save them that really it was like all a ploy Mm -hmm. they like get away from them they meet a bunch of people like it living in the world the world is basically like it's it's giving like divergent kind of vibes like it's all like fucked up and everything's just like very industrial and like yeah. run down and there's like secret tunnels underneath the world where like people are traveling and like it's just all very dystopian and very fucked up yeah um so yeah they find that group of the opposite group in the experiment of all the girls with the single boy and the kids are all told that they have the disease but it's early on in the stages, so they need to, like, get out and get this cure fast. So that's, like, what they've been told by the people around them and people, in, like, the scientists and stuff. Hmm. Um, so they're, like, thrown into the w- real world, and they're on their own journey to, to get the cure. Because now it's just, like, they have to get it not even for the scientists, but for themselves. And so also that they can, like, save people, you know. Yeah. So now they're, like, We're, well, guess these fucking scientists are messed up. So now we have to be the ones to, like, save the world. Right. Pretty much. Interesting how they have, like, two villains like they're you're, they're like fighting against the the scientists and, and also the cranks yeah it's like that's why i monsters. really liked the second book because it was a lot about like the cranks and like 
it was really creepy like it's it's like zombie like and i like love some zombie action it was like really freaky that's why i really like that one but um so that was like basically that that whole book it was kind of like a plot thing of like setting up this new world yeah and like new dynamics new characters added in and out of the maze yeah and then the last book the death cure the kids are given the opportunity to get their memories back um by wicked so they're all trying to escape the facility um that they're being held at Mm. um so they're like being held there some of them get their memories back some don't like they're trying to decide who wants to do that but most of them decide to like just get away like it's not worth getting your memory back on all that shit and like so they just want to get away from wicked and they try to find refuge in denver they literally say denver like i don't know where they're at i think somewhere in like the east coast or something crazy but they need to travel to denver because that's where like a safe haven is where people in the city it's like pretty secure like they have like really good boundaries and then uh the people that were infected have been quarantined really well so it's a lot of people like the majority of the population that wasn't infected by the flare is living in denver yes guys i know let's go denver so there's like this whole resistance against wicked and there's like lots of deaths and whatever whatever lots of you know character development and whatnot um but they do in the end eventually get to denver they seek refuge in the countryside and they basically aim to like rebuild rebuild <laughs> rebuild humanity from Yay, there in denver in denver so there's like a lot going on there's like they're basically they were being experimented on all these poor kids that's why a lot of them didn't get Horrible. their memories back because they were just orphaned kids and then they were thrown immediately into these trials to see if they were like strong enough to get the cure which is which such the a scientist way. would just that you could tell that they were malicious and were only wanting it for their own research right. purposes and that kind of stuff yeah. so they're trying to like get away from them and then once they like do they were like just kidding also there's all these other kids too that went through the same thing yeah. they like get out they meet with them there's this whole city with fucking zombies that are running around that they have to protect themselves from them and also people from like wicked hunting them i'm like there's just so much going on. What a crazy on. plot. It was yeah. really crazy. Well, I'm I'm kind of fascinated. I'm intrigued. It's actually so good. I do kind of want to read or watch it, but um, yeah. just so I can like understand better. But that's, wow. I and I think it's because it was more, more than just the dystopian stuff. It was also post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Which is why it's different than Divergent and Hunger Games. Yeah. Because it wasn't just this like giant like, you know, divine government overlooking, you know, the, you know, and kind of being i don't know like discriminating against all these other people yeah. and like having so much control and power over them it was more like okay th- there is a group like that the wicked team of scientists mm-hmm. but they were in rule because the world was ending. Of a, yeah and right so like that was kind of another thing with the post-apocalyptic and there was a lot of other books like that that i read as a kid do you remember do you ever read that book h2o no it was a it was basically a similar thing but it was like the world was like there was it was so contaminated that there was like a lot of acid rain and oh. you like couldn't go out and like the whole environment was like fucked up and like that was a post-apocalyptic one like so i Damn. think with the dystopian stuff there was also a lot of the post-apocalyptic going on which is when the environmental stuff kind of kicks in they definitely go hand in hand they do yeah. and so it was more of a commentary i think on like so, like technological advances and also like the destruction of our planet and yeah. that kind of thing yeah which is crazy and also just like okay what are you gonna sacrifice for like the good of the rest of the world you know right like what would you do for for the rest of the good of the, the rest humanity of the world? yeah yeah oh to save humanity so would like you do that's deep to read is like an 11 or 12 year old you know yeah. um but yeah and it's weird to read now because like thinking about covid and like living through an actual pandemic Mm. I don't know, it's just weird that, like, we read these kind of, like, post-apocalyptic books as kids, mm-hmm. and then we, like, literally lived through a pandemic, and it's just, yeah. like, and, like, damn, the foreshadowing. <laughs> figuring out, like, what the vaccination, like, the whole, like, waiting for the vac- the vaccine yeah. to be made and things like that, like. It's just paralleled a lot. Like, it's crazy how, like, books yeah. can foresee that kind of stuff, because it's just a repetition of history, but it's, like, it's crazy, dude. Topical obviously it was made into movies all three of the books were made into movies but it made probably about half of the hunger games you said hunger games made like 16 6.94 million yeah this made like 348 million in the box office so it made like half still good but yeah just a different thing i think it was definitely like if hunger games didn't happen though it probably wouldn't have had the same success either true so true yeah that's pretty much all i've got wow spent a lot of time going into the 
thick of that plot. So. I have a new appreciation for middle grade and YA books. No, literally. Especially ones that I read when I was that age because oh my God, they damn. were good. That's what just makes me so curious. I'm like, what is out there now? Like, I want to, like, see. I want to, like, go to we yeah. Barnes & Noble one day and just, like, check out the YA section. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Just check it out. But anyways, we got some fun tidbits here at the end. You want to yeah. do Fuck, Mary Kill? Yes. Maze Runner, Hunger Games, Divergent? Of course. Okay. Oh. I would fuck Maze Runner. Because of Dylan O'Brien? Oh, no, but it's just, like, the most, like, interesting and, like, yeah. different, you know, like, you want to I would agree. You want to be a little, a little exotic. Yeah, yeah. Know? So I'd fuck the Maze Runner. I would marry Divergent. I'd kill Hunger Games. <gasps> You'd kill Hunger Games? Jeez. I'd, like, a closer connection to Divergent than I did with Hunger Games. Okay. I was that kid that was, like, I'd, I'd read it, remember, in my, in my sixth grade book club. I yes. read it, and I watched the movie, and I liked it, but I was, like, one, I was late to the game and also i was that kid that was like oh if it's really popular i don't like it i'm still oh, like that oh yeah <laughs> I, i'm cringe like that i don't even care i'm like it's popular i'm not i'm, I'm like not other girls. gonna put my attention i mean not with everything but like you know i'm like that with if it's hyped too. up i'm like it's probably not as good as everyone's making it out to be yeah so but hunger games honestly looking back it's a lot better than i remember it being too i i think for me i'd have to kill maze runner just because i haven't don't seen know. it yeah. um I'm, that might change once i see it but yeah. because it wasn't as a part of my childhood i'd probably kill it sorry and then i think i'm gonna i oof, i think i'd fuck divergent and marry hunger I games i say that because the Hunger Games is the one I just had the most connection with. Yeah, I was just into that one the most. Although I, was, I did, yeah. I did love Divergent. I love, but Divergent. Divergent to me is more fuckable than Marriable, in my opinion. We also took some quizzes. Do we want to reveal our results? Let's reveal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy with these. The best one is the Divergent one. Mine sucked. Okay, oh, so mine Divergent sucked. has different what they call them factions. Yes. You got Amity, the peaceful, Ab, Abnation. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you say it? There's a G in there. Is it silent? I don't know. Ab- abnegation? I abnation? think it is abnegation. It's That's kind of horrible. <laughs> Where are they getting these names? I said aubergine. <laughs> okay. Abnation. I'm going to call it abnation. Abnation. <laughs> Dauntless, which is the brave. Candor, the honest. Erudite, the intelligent. You got erudite, I'm guessing. No, I got <gasps> factionless. <laughs> You're okay, just when you're tight not though, because faction. then remember, because then they have to take like the tests to see which one they are. That means I can't be I can't be labeled, guys. I'm just so complex. That's a slay. Guess what mine was. Um, can uh, don't uh, um, did you forget them already? Dauntless. No. What are you? I got abnation. Oh, lame. The selfless ones. Oh, that's someone that she was from, right? Right, right, right. That's well, lame as fuck. It's a little lame. I thought factionless was lame. I was like, what? I don't, I don't even like have factionless. one. I like to be without the label. That's but they, cool. It's like without the label, but they're also like the poorest and like treated True. the worst. They're, they're the like, shit they're like the, the shit. shitty ones. Yeah, yeah. They're like, ugh, the factionless. They're like the low of the low. Yeah, that sucks. I think I would, yeah. I think if I could choose, I would choose Eurodite or whatever the fuck, Erudite. The intelligent? Yeah. Is that what that That's is? That's what I thought you would be. Yeah. Because you're, you're a Ravenclaw, huh? I'm a Ravenclaw, y'all. Y'all. You're, you're a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. It all lines up. It does. It all it corresponds. It does. It does. Okay, and then we took a Maze Runner one. I didn't want to take a character one because I'm feeling like that's kind of lame, but I took um, which job on the Glade I'd have. What'd what did you, you get? get? Oh. That's I got... <laughs> I thought I would get Runner. Okay, guys. I thought you would get Runner, on. too. You're literally a runner. I'm literally a runner. Yeah. Uh, that fits you. That's, so that's what I'm picking. That's what I'm, like, choosing for myself. But I got Builder. Dude, I don't know how to... I can't You're even... You're Bob the Builder. <laughs> I literally... <laughs> can't do anything i couldn't even fix our fucking cabinet remember that <laughs> i can't build shit guess when i got slicer <laughs> i'm a butcher that was one of them yeah and so well like, you like work in the kitchen i could see that i guess i would never slicer. be a butcher i would, I would never not be a builder who made these fucking buzz weird i mean these quizzes are terrible yeah they're and so arbitrary. but that was the craze remember taking these <gasps> i took i, I think i took them. the harry potter one the pottermore one like 50 times pottermore is a step above pottermore is like actually a good, good. quiz yeah. but the the buzzfeed ones oh my god it was glitching there's like ads everywhere it was like one of them was like what's your favorite emoji and it had no pictures of emoji <laughs> so i just chose a random one i was That's like so no funny. one has used this since no 2012 <laughs> literally they're so outdated no okay w- with the pottermore one i mostly get hufflepuff but sometimes I, i'll get gryffindor depending on the day that's so funny. So I have both. I would either be Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. I either get Slytherin or Ravenclaw. That makes so much <gasps> sense to me. God, Girl, look at us. Opposite We're holding chat. hands right now. We're kissing. 
god. And okay, and then I took what Hunger Games character. This I one was. is so fucking lame. You're Gale. No, I'm Katniss. I was gonna guess Katniss. Guess I who like, I am though? We're gonna be kissing after this. Are you Peta? <laughs> are you Peta? Yes. That kind of works. I am not Katniss though. I got Peta. It's kind of lame, but like, guess we're lovers. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> That's the silver lining. Okay, but I, if I was gonna choose someone, I wanna be Mr. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Me too. Me I have too. no idea what his name is. I wanna be Sta- in my daily life. I wanna be Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Like right now. I, I wish to any be time him. of the day. What is his name in the Hunger Games? I don't know. He is, he, he plays himself. He's got that blue hair. He the hair is so a sleigh, sleigh, but it's kind of giving Oompa Loompa. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's so true. He is like a, he he's like, like an Oompa Loompa. Caesar Flickerman. Oh my God. I never would have remembered that. <laughs> okay. We got to wrap this shit up. Yep. This has gone on this far too long. <laughs> See you guys next See time. See you guys. We love you. I love you guys. You better come back. Yeah, please. Bye. Bye. <laughs>